You are listening to Native Stories. Native Stories exist to share the voices of those connected to the land. Our vision is to create a resource for Pilina or a connection to place, and Native Stories aims to activate Indigenous perspectives. Aloha kako o o nene no no Hello everyone, my name is Nanea Lo. I come from Papakalea, Oahu, and I'm now residing in Kikapu and Wichita uh, land, or better known as Dallas, Texas. And mahalo nui for joining us on another episode of Native Stories. So this episode is in part of our COVID-19 series on community work in the Hawaiian Kingdom. And today we have Hii Lani Shibata, and she has been sharing the essence of aloha with those who work in the visitor industry of Hawaii for over 20 years. She's an educator, cultural consultant, practitioner of lomi lomi, healing through the manipulation of the body. Hilani understands the importance of taking care of the place and native culture as a foundation to a healthy community. Um, three years ago, she was given the opportunity to work with the Only Furlough Program, transitioning women out of prison in the state, a place called Fernhurst, and is a part of the WCA Oahu. Hilani is centered, um, has centered the Hawaiian culture education around the mahina, or the moon, and the goddess of the moon, Hina. Since then, her passion for connecting with other women, and especially women in situations of need, has grown. In 2020, she co-founded Kamahina Project, a startup that connects the stories of the moon to people. So aloha, Hi'ilani. Um, we are so stoked to have you on Native Stories. Um, so I guess we can start off on where are you from and where do you live now? Right. Aloha. Aloha. It's so great to be on Native Stories. Uh, I grew up actually in Hilo, on the island of Hawaii, Moko Keawe, and all my family still lives there. I moved to Oahu whew, many moons ago now uh, to attend the University of Hawaii at Manoa, and I was fortunate enough to have some great opportunities that have kept me on this island. Uh, so I live on Oahu now, and uh, I really enjoy it, though. Uh, it's a beautiful place. All of Hawaii is beautiful, right? <laughs> From your bio, you have done so much cool and interesting work. Um, I guess we can dive into... I want to talk about, yeah, what's been happening with uh, Fernhurst and WYCA. I know there's been some current events about what's been transpiring on funding and all that kind of stuff. Can you share with um, our listeners if they're not informed about that? Right. So right now, uh, it's the beginning of July in 2020, and uh, the program is housed in the YWCA Oahu, and it's a state contract uh, where the women... Uh, well, they don't have an option, but they will apply to be able to go through furlough uh, coming out of w- WCCC, uh, the Women's Correctional Facility. And if they are a fit, then they go through this program. Uh, and it's right now the only state-funded women's work furlough program. 
at all, which is kind of unfortunate if you think about it, right? Uh, and at uh, I think at the beginning of June, they were told that the contract was going to be completely canceled uh, because of funding. And so there was this uh, push by community members to try and uh, save it uh, because of the the gravity of not having a program for women coming out of WCCC. And so it's been such a phenomenal story, a story that you, no one could have predicted to happen. And one of the most beautiful things is right now, it is, it's past the house, the legislative, the house legislative peeps, (laughs) representatives, uh, and they uh, rewrote a bill uh, that is having the Department of Public Safety keep the program. Uh, they have where the money's coming from, and right now it's with the Senate. So if the Senate approves it, then for twenty the next year it will be still on with funding. Uh, and <clears throat> this is something that many legislatures actually were very, very surprised that it was getting cut. So I, in this one instance for me personally has been really amazing to see the legislators do something that they should do. <laughs> uh, so right now it's still a, it's still in the Senate. So we are still keeping our fingers crossed to make sure that the funding for next year is is Makoko and Maikai. Uh, but uh, many of the senators are in favor uh, because the funding actually should not have uh, been cut because they had enough money in their budget. <laughs> so, but you know, it's so beautiful because, and so within all of this, what happened was six women uh, couldn't transition into another program. So they have different programs they transition to as they go through their pathway and they couldn't transition, meaning that they had to go back to prison, which was like crazy trauma, like, that is just ridiculous, you know? And so at no fault of theirs, they were actually taken back to prison. So the community got together and they were outraged. Like, what are you doing? You know, that's just wrong, right? And so, so many people. The beautiful part is that the graduates of Fernhurst, they started a change.org petition. And it's over 150,000 signatures right now. Oh, it went like viral. And it yes, so I saw that and I signed it and I was sharing. As soon as I heard about what was happening to Fernhurst, I was like writing to people and emailing everybody and calling. I was and telling, encouraging everybody else to call too because, yeah, I mean, it's the only program. It's like why, like. Why? Right. It didn't make sense. And so, oh, and so the beauty of this is a week after they were taken back to prison, they were returned back to the program. So mahalo keakua, mahalo to our kupuna, really, because I really feel that this couldn't have happened. The return of these women couldn't have happened without guidance from our kupuna, really. Mm -hmm. And that we are so, so... uh, thankful and the women I actually got to spend just a really short time with them Uh, I shared with them a pule of protection uh, just because I told them you know 
you guys are survivors and so like really survivors here going back and forth and all these kind of things. And so I wanted to give them something that they could take with them. And so uh, we did Pule uh, for protection so that if any other things happen, they know what to say so that they can ask their kupuna to protect them. Um, and they are so thankful, so thankful for the support. And they were uh, crying. I mean, it was like... It was so amazing to feel how much they were so thankful to be back at Fernhurst, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I'll definitely share the link to the petition. And in that link, I believe there's a video of the women. Yes. And and that was just super touching. Like, I feel like that really helped in portraying the message of what was going on. Right. I mean, it was just amazing. Oh, and there's a couple of videos now. There was the videos of the graduates saying, you know, why they're creating the petition or how Furnace helped them. And then there's a second video where it's actually of the women that went back to prison. And oh, that, okay, one was, that one was, yeah, there's two. And uh, that one was, oh, that one made me tear because you know, it just was heart-wrenching. And so that's why it was so beautiful that they got returned back to the program. And they just, oh, I mean, just so thankful. So I mahalo all of the people out there that uh, signed the petition and called their legislators and did all of that stuff. Because plenty of people called their legislators too, which was so awesome. Um, I'm just so thankful for that. As well. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I'm happy too because I just feel that it's important to have these programs in place to just act as support. Like like we were talking about earlier before we started recording, it's like, you know, you can't just come out of prison and get a job and that's it. Like there needs to ha- have these support programs to help people. You need to have a process. Right, right. And, and that- community and mm-hmm. resources I- to that they can go to and be like asking questions and being informed. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, and that's through the furlough program is actually how, uh, we work or how I, I would work with the women te- uh, teaching and not really teaching, sharing, really sharing mm-hmm. our mo'olelo, our stories about Hina, um, Hina as a goddess overall, but, uh, the first story they learn is Hina Hanai Kamalamanda Hina, Hina that transforms into the goddess in the moon, uh, which that exact story is so powerful. Yeah, yeah, I love how you transitioned to that because I was just about to ask, <laughs> like, how did you start up Kamahina Project and you know all of that? So can you share yes. with us? Right. So I was really fortunate through my work uh, with trainings on Aloha and Ho'okipa. I met the women who run the program, the Fernhurst program. And they, we, I, I told them, I said, you know, I really believe this story, this mo'olelo will help women who are going through any difficulty. Uh, because it really speaks to all women and how we're so kupa'a, we're so uh, just persevere. We just persevere, you know. We just persevere in everything. If we have, if we're, we know it's a good thing. We're gonna get it done, you know. That kind of no matter what. 
And so I just told them, I said, I think this story, you should look into this story, this Mo'olelo. I really didn't mean me, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I just was trying to share with them this Mo'olelo because, you know, I'm not trained in uh, social work or anything like that. So I, I didn't see myself as being part of that. And then about two months later, they call me, they called me and they're like, hey, Ilani, uh, we have a question. And I said, what? And they said, what is your definition of pu'uhonua? And so with my definition of pu'uhonua, yeah, uh, they, they said, yep, you're the one. And so they asked me to start working with the women specifically on the concept of pu'uhonua, but but really to then also share the Hina Hanai Kamalame story as well as Hina and then the Mahina, all of the things on the moon uh, as a guide. And so that's the start of it. It was three years ago. My I just had my last baby, my fourth baby. She was three months old, strapped her to me, went to the program. <laughs> and uh, and that was the other thing. They allowed me to bring my baby uh, with me and... Uh, I believe my baby also had a part with, with helping with the healing with the women, you know, uh, because we're um, mothers too. I love Most of that. Mothers. Yeah, it was wonderful, and and they always accepted any of my children. I have four children. They any of my children could come with me when we did work with them, uh, and and the children were really good. Um, yeah, it was awesome. But then what happened was in the middle of the three years, we had this opportunity to make a calendar. And at first we were like, oh, I wonder how that's going to work. And then we realized, oh, so we worked with the Western Pacific Fisheries Management Council and they paid for the calendar. And when we had the first meeting with them about it, they said, because they've heard that we were doing things with the moon. That's why. Yeah. And that's the whole thing that they put out calendars every year that uh, work with the fishermen. Yeah. With the moon. I wonder if I've actually seen the calendars because my... One of my older brothers, he's into fishing, and yeah, I, I'm just curious. That's random. Side note. <laughs> no, it's okay. And I'll actually send you the link. It's still online. Uh, and the reason it's still online is because our program was so well-developed that on, not only did we develop a 15-month calendar, we also went into the studio and filmed short videos that go with each month so that it could actually be a curriculum. So it's not tied necessarily to the month. It's the videos are tied to the mo'olelo of the month. And we also chose Hawaiian values that match the mo'olelo so that we could more secure the the lessons, the ha'avina of the mo'olelo that we want, our intentful lessons, yeah. And so when they, we were, had our first meeting, they were like, oh, what is your, what is your whole intent? What is your mission with this calendar? And we're all sitting there. And then I said, it's so that every woman incarcerated has a link to the mo'olelo of our kupuna. And Hina being really the female essence of all of us is the perfect vehicle to send them our aloha and uh, our knowledge, you know, that, that we're supporting them. And and connect them to healing. And so that was the intent of the Hina calendars. And, oh, man, once we put that into motion, you know how when you have a pono intention, it just goes. I mean, it went so quick. 
all the Hina, there's so many Hina stories, right? And so even in the choosing of the Hina stories, that was my whole job. <laughs> even choosing in the Hina stories, it was very intentful. It was none of, we even, I said, oh, we need to have a Hina story from Polynesia. And I said, because Hina is not only Hawaiian, right? Hina is Polynesian. Mm-hmm. I said, and, and could go even older, right? I mean, not older, but connect even more. But let's just stay in Polynesia, mm-hmm. I said. <clears throat> and we were so fortunate because one of the women who at that time was working at Fernhurst, she was actually the second in command. She was Samoan. And she said, oh, I have a Hina story. Or Sina. Yeah, they call, them, they call her Sina. So mm-hmm. she shared a family Sina story shared to her by her father. She actually called her father in Samoa and got the exact story that she heard when she was growing up. So it was wow. it was so beautiful because Hina, Sina, you know, Hine, right? All the different names of Hina, that female essence is really uh, so supported and just was in, is in charge of healing, really healing, healing uh, for the women, yeah, uh, for all women. And that's the other thing that our whole project <clears throat> was supposed to do was, was, uh, the intent was to help connect them back to the dignity and sacred sacredness of themselves, like our mm. wahine of before. That's uh, that's what our whole thing, our whole foundation for any of the work with the mahina and and any woman uh, is that. And that was even before the whole mana wahine kind of you know thing happening and everything. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, we knew that. And we knew that once we made that intention, oh, to build upon, right? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Manoa Hine kind of blew up within the past, like, 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you share with us uh, one of the more, or one of the, or your favorite impactful story of Hina, or one that you like to share the most, I guess? Well, um, the one other than the one of the moon, I want to share this one actually, just because it's it's kind of cool because it's actually a Hina story that's from Hilo <laughs> or based in Hilo. And this one is, and they made a storybook, Makolelovai in Hawaiian, through Halekua Mo'o recently. So it's Hina Ikeahi, Hina Ikevai. Yeah. And these are two sisters that live in Hilo. And one has uh, the gift of fire, yeah, or things of fire, and one has gifts of water, and and those kind of things. And they both had kuleana, uh, the privilege of taking care malama, really malama of groups of people in Hilo. And so there was a famine going on. And so this Hina told her people, we're going to make a great big emu and I'm going to go in the emu. And after three days, you're going to uncover the emu and there will be food enough to feed everybody. And so they did it, but they didn't want to, right? Because they thought, oh my gosh, she's going to, we're going to cook her, right? Or she's not going to come back. But she, she said, no, believe in me. I'm going to, we're going to do this. And in three days, you're going to uncover and you're going to have all of this ai for everybody. So she does this. And in three days, 
they open, uh, they're going to open up the emo. As this is happening, her sister, I guess, feels pressure. You know how siblings, right? And even just between women, there's like pressure, almost competition sometimes. So she tells her people to do the same thing. But her people are like, uh, maybe, you know, we don't want to do that. And she's like, no, no, no. If my sister can do it, I can do it too. So they follow. Now they're doing this at the same time, but the three days are passing for the first sister, right? Hina Ikeahi. So they uncover the three days and there's all this food. So they're sharing food, right? With everybody who's hungry. And then uh, comes walking, comes walking to them is Hina Ikeahi. So what happened was she went into the emu, but she didn't get cooked. She actually dove into the other side of the world, had time with Hina Puku, uh, Pukoa, Hina of the Corals. She went and, into the ocean uh, and had time with her and, and then came out of the ocean, actually, to then go back to her people. So she knew what she needed to do. But when they uncovered the emu of the other sister, there was just ashes. And so that mo'olelo really talks about how between women, we shouldn't be competing. We need to know what our skills are, our gifts are, and concentrate and grow those gifts. Yeah, no worry about somebody else. No worry, no worry about that. The competition is what is not healthy for us. Yeah, and so that's why I like that mo'olelo because many times, especially between women, Oh, it can get ugly, you know, and what for, really? Yeah. So that one, and like I said, Haleko uh, Omo'o, you can order it online. Hinaikahi, uh, Hinaikavai. It's it's a much better told story <laughs> in, in the book form. But uh, the lesson of that is a big one that I always try and uh, share with other women. Uh, you know, I'm in my 40s, and I remember in my 20s being kind of sassy like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, but as you get older, you realize, ah, waste time, that kind of action, you know? Waste time. So I always like to try and make sure that, especially women that are younger than me, know that, hey, you know what I mean? We just got to support each other. No need that competition. It takes away our mana, yeah? Yes, I love that story. I feel like it really resonates with me. Um, during this time, I feel like COVID for me has, or quarantine time has been a time of like self-reflection and uh, personal growth, like mentally and spiritually. So I'm like totally vibing that, Mala <laughs> for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sorry, I'm just going to, actually, I want to put this in that's why. So what happened with the calendars is that it was so well-received uh, that a lot of people paid attention <laughs> to our project with the women, with the cultural end. And uh, the director of the program, she was like, so Hilani, what's the next step? What are we going to do next? And I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know. Let's just keep doing it. But she's like, no, 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 we got to gotta build on this. You know, what is our next thing? We're not going to make another calendar. It takes like $45,000. It's crazy. Um, oh, wow. I didn't right. know it was that much. Yeah, well, it's it's really a nice calendar. The way that they they uh, produced it was like, oh my goodness, it's so beautiful. Um, and like I said, it's online still. Uh, and 
So we were like, what are we going to do next? And so that's actually where we started Kamahina Project. And so because one of the things, the feedback we get is that many people in the community, not only women, we're paying attention to the Hina Mo'olelos, you know, and the Mahina. And they were Yes, I mean, I know so much people that are so into the Mahina and the Hina Mo'olelo. That's why, like, even I tweeted this morning, like, oh, I'm going to be interviewing Hilani Shibata about Hina and, you know, Mo'olelo and stuff. And I got, like, a pretty good amount of retweets because, you know, people know who Hina is and they love the Mahina, so... You know, they just put two and two together. They're like, okay, we're going to tune into this podcast. Right. So we actually uh, got accepted into Purple Prize. So that's oh, what I was asking okay. you uh, this past year. So we're actually in the three months of the six-month program out of the Purple Maya Foundation. And it's been a crazy ride because uh, – what they did was, you know, it was just an idea. I went in with an idea. I didn't have nothing, no product, no nothing, because uh, we weren't going to do a calendar again. But I have all the all the content, right? And so, <laughs> so I decided to do a daily mahina manao. Uh, oh so a gosh, daily that. text that goes to people's homes, like literally goes to their phone. And the first day I did it. Uh, was on a hoku moon and i said uh i did it just text just a text and i was like after i sent it and i had about 100 people receiving this okay i went that's too long i don't like read something that long so then i was talking to my connie and i said how can i make this better this is junk as one text i don't like this already you know like i don't like write this out and uh, and then he's all like well, there's all different things you can do. And he's like telling me, telling me. So that whole night I was like trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. And I came up the next day with a short 40 second video. So I actually do it through iMovie, real simple uh, for text because of the amount of data, right? Or whatever it's called. Oh, I'm so not techie like that. (laughs) But 40 seconds is a good amount of time. One is just enough. And somebody pressed on 40 seconds, they get them. You know what I mean? It's not not too much. Then I'll get bored like that, right? So actually, I write it out. I record my voice. And then I just drop in videos and pictures. Most of the pictures and videos that I use is stuff that I take because I'm getting inspired, right, and everything. And so uh, it's been really amazing. I've been doing it now for two months. And people do not want me to stop because I was only going to do them for one malama, one 30 days. And then came the 30 days and they said, you better not stop. Oh my gosh, I need to sign up for that. Um, For all the listeners out there, Native Stories viewer, we actually got awarded the Purple Prize, which is from um, the Purple Maya. And so that's what she was talking about. She's she's actually one of the participants in this coming cycle or this cycle currently. Yeah, this year's one, yeah. And then, uh, so if people would like to... Uh, have access because I'm I can't stop making these daily movies and I mean I got people saying that they're so much more aware of the mahina but not only the mahina because I'm sharing stuff about the law by the sun about the stars about and then just about daily life kind of things because of my work with the women I understand how different phases affected the women so I shared those kind of mana'o that kind of uh, mana'o from from my experience with the women 
as well as uh, what is just actually happening to me, to me myself, right? So it's uh, it's been really, people are just like, wow, I, I'm paying so much more attention to myself, to how I am feeling and all that kind of stuff, just because every morning they get this mana'o about the mahina. Uh, but sometimes I don't send it in the morning. It depends on the mahina. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I love that. I actually, I um, went to a few workshops on Kilo of like the Mahina um, from my friend, uh, Billy. He's from Molokai. But um, yeah, I feel like when you start learning about the Mahina and really, it really does open up an awareness that you haven't really cognizantly like thought about. And so when you put the intent there, it starts opening up um, paths and journeys and doors of observation of yourself, your body and surroundings that you never thought was there before. Right. And it's kind of neat because I recently uh, connected with students in Singapore and they are as their assignment. So their professor is also in Singapore. And so virtually we connected because they heard about our project and they wanted to do it as their class project. (laughs) So they're actually helping us create tech platforms or, you know, that kind of stuff. But once they started to hear about our project, they got so inspired and they're not from Hawaii, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That it was like so cool because they really understood that connecting to that Ancient knowledge is what they said. Connecting to the ancient knowledge of the moon and of the people and of the place is a pathway to healing in mental health. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because, because especially now, right, we have so much problems with people and their mental mental health. Uh, and even, even you know, because of the drugs, right, and stuff, the opioid use, I just learned about the opioid use. And, you know, sometimes I'm in my little bubble, my, my little mahina bubble. Uh, so, you know, the opioid use, I, I didn't realize when you take that opioids, it actually reworks your brain. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. And so this is one of the ways that connecting right to the mahina connecting to this ancient knowledge can maybe help rewire it back you know to to what it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be uh and that is that is the whole reason why i'm doing it and uh there's a couple of us on the team uh and it's uh, it's something people don't realize that when you connect to the mahina it changes you in a good way my mm-hmm. whole family, my children, my husband, uh, people that surround, they all, everybody's connected to Mahina. And then because you're all connected on, in the Mahina, you're like all on the same page. It's like you're all on the wave, same wavelength. So there's not much room for arguments, you know, and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's like, it's like the Mahina keeps you just in this this place you know centered yeah it's grounding yes exactly oh it's beautiful (laughs) yeah when i was at uh manoa and we had um like a yeah like a mahiai class we 
where we had our class at Kanevai. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it was so interesting because, you know, we had to learn the different phases as well for when we planted our uh, kalo. Uh-huh. And so we'd have to do observing too. But it was just like, we learn about how, what moons are good to plant and like, you know, different stuff like that, but also other things about the Mahina. So it was just funny when it was like an ole moon or, you know, something like people were like, oh, you know, today's kind of off. And then we'd be like, what moon is it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then right. everybody's like, oh, it's that moon. No wonder. <laughs> Right. And honestly, then you can also plan like your meetings or uh, if you're starting a project, right? Or because it's not only planting of like miyakanu, right? Of the plants. Yeah. It's actually planting in general, you know, whatever you're doing. So, you know, if you went start on one ole oh, and then the project never pan out or had plenty pilikia, right? Then you know, oh, oh wait, hello, right? <laughs> I yeah. shouldn't have done that. Uh, but there's also there's also where you know the moon is. I feel like the moon is forgiving, you know, like like I've done it where I'm like, I know this is an ole moon, or I know this is this moon, but I gotta do this. Is it okay? Like I, mean, I just like say it out loud <laughs> because because I'm like, oh gosh, I really cannot change this. Like so, and it's been okay. So I think it's just the awareness, right? It's just really yeah. about the awareness and just being intentful and understanding. And and I also believe it brings out empathy, you know? Like you have empathy for whatever, towards yourself first, and then it then empathy to others, just like aloha, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, um, I totally challenge everybody to, yeah, start learning about the Mahina and, you know, look at the calendars and look at this project that she's working on. And because I really do feel that everything that we're talking about really, really does happen once you start incorporating it into your life and learning more. Right. And um, so... If anybody would like to uh, be part of our user group right now or have any questions or want to get linked up, then you, if you just email kamahinaproject at gmail.com. Yeah, it's we're just kind of doing that because we haven't we're not ready to launch uh, whatever platform it is. You know, we're still in that stage of building, but we want to be cognizant of people who want to be part of it. And so if you just email that email, then we will uh, connect and bring you into our uh, user group as well as uh, just keep you on our list, you know, so that when we do launch, launch, then you you will get an email about our launching of, of everything. Uh, you know, also because of we're so connected to the Mahina, it hasn't been the right time it's interesting because it's not only about the Mahina phase, it's also like the season and, and all that kind of stuff. What, what planets are up, what, uh, it gets bigger. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. the, that's a yeah. warning right now. It gets bigger. <laughs> <That's> just the <laughs> phase of the moon. <laughs> yes. Connect with them. I, I'm definitely going to email and be on their listserv or their newsletter, whatever I can be on. Um, so I wanted to ask to, I guess, kind of like wrapping it up. What do you, I, I asked everybody this, but what do you envision for 
the Hawaiian people and kind of the futures of the Hawaiian kingdom? Well, I guess when I'm going to answer that question because I think about this a lot for my children. You know, everything that I do right now in my life is to forward for them to have a Hawaiian kingdom that is accepting and truly takes care of, of its people and have the best leaders possible. That's, that's really what I hope will happen maybe at the end of my lifetime, but in, in their lifetime. Uh, they're young enough because I had my children older. Uh, you know, my oldest is going to be 10 next week and my youngest is three. And so I know that it is super possible for them to have, to be one, be, uh, be in a kingdom that is uh, friendly with America, with all of the other uh, countries, you know. And I also believe that we are raising people who are going to be the best kingdom subjects or community members because their skills will be at the highest level. Yeah. Like how we were, our kupuna were raised and, and our kupuna before them, you know, uh, that's what I love about being alive at this time is that we recognized we are healing the trauma of the past, our historical trauma at the same time, we are helping build the foundation for our future. Yeah. And that's all I think. I just think, you know, just a forward movement, you know, just keep going and keep building and having that and having those intentions. Uh, and that's why I feel really empowered to raise my children the way I raise them. Being able to being able you know have that opportunity, being able to have that entrepreneur, innovative mindset, growth mindset, lifelong learners, uh, being able to communicate with others with dignity and respect, yeah, like our Hawaiian people are supposed to do, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I see. Ah. <laughs> uh. You're so goals. I want to have kids older too. And every time my mom's always asking me, I swear, like every six months, like, when are you going to have some cakey? I'm like, not yet. <laughs> Maybe 10 years from now. <laughs> right. I um, I never actually <laughs> thought that I would be as old as I am having such young children, <laughs> you know, having them really in my 40s. I don't even old. I mean, well, it is. When it comes to... <laughs> Your reproductive health, like, you know, your body is at its prime, I guess, in its like, 20s. And when you go 30s and over, your percentage goes down or whatever. Yeah, you know, actually, I don't believe in all of that. Um, just because that's, that's not what I mean. But, but what I mean is that I'm a little bit more tired. Like, I don't have as much energy because I'm a little older. Oh. So I many times have a hard time keeping up with them, but they're, they're forgiving. My children are forgiving. They know they got one old mama <laughs> and they're okay with it. <laughs> I was actually talking um, to my, one of my friends, like, cause they have older parents and I was, it was one of my guy friends and I was like, you know, like 
I don't mind like having kids older because when I think back on like my experiences with my friends who had older parents, like they seemed a lot more uh, mentally stable. Like, (laughs) you know, they weren't like the crazy kids. They were like, chill, you know, they were happy when their parents came to pick, like, you know what I mean? I just felt (laughs) like they had their life a little bit more together than, than like, I don't know, like me, I felt like, I don't know, but I was just telling him. He's like, "Oh, I guess so." Now that I think about it, my dad and mom were chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I, well, I, I don't know if I'm chill, but uh, yeah, it's. I know that I'm a better mother being in my age now than I would have been back in my twenties. Um, yeah, I know that for sure, and so I also know that you honestly get pregnant when you're supposed to get pregnant, whatever age it is. They come to you when they're supposed to come and you have really no control over that. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's kind of, they choose. Yeah. That's why they choose their parents. (laughs) I believe that too. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So any last thoughts or any, maybe, call to action that you want to give to our listeners we we always like to do a call to action too or ask if our um, guests want to give them any homework (laughs) well uh i think i i would like to end with this thought that everyone needs to be active in their community Whatever that means, whatever skills you have, you need to be active in your community. I think the worst thing is to be complacent and inactive. Uh, I do not accept when you say, I have no opinion. That is unacceptable because engagement is what will make our community stronger and healthier. When you choose to not engage, that is to me worse than saying a saying something that maybe most of the people won't agree with. I actually respect people who will say their piece because I feel like when you do that, you are more open to changing maybe or at you know adjusting your beliefs because you believe more in the power of we than I. Yeah. I think our kupuna always were engaged. I do not think that this disengaged at all. And so if we want to be a healthy community, healthy kingdom, a healthy lahui, healthy people, it's about being active, engaged, and, you know, take a stand. <laughs> I love that. You're just speaking to my Anna right now. Okay, so, and again, um, can you share with our listeners how they can get connected with any of the work that you do? Um, can you share with them your social networks? Yeah. So you can email Kamahina project at gmail.com for that project. Uh, it's really easy to get in touch with me. I'm very open about hiilanishibata at gmail.com. That's my email. Uh, we haven't launched our social media with the Kamahina project, but if you get and get onto our list, then we will share with you that. Um, easy to just Google me and get my social media stuff. Uh, the other thing is recently, again, this is July 2020, uh, 
uh, we have started with my work with the YWCA O'ahu, uh, what I'm calling Aloha Circles. And these Aloha Circles are every Thursday at four o'clock uh, over Zoom. And it is not a webinar. It's actually a Zoom call where we have a guest speaker. And I am particularly asking women in our community, and they're not all women only in the Hawaiian community, but women in our larger community that do things with aloha. And I'm asking them to come onto Aloha Circle, share with us about how they share aloha or what their viewpoint is, and then for half an hour. And then we go into breakout rooms, and each participant gets an opportunity to share a story of aloha or thoughts of aloha that may be the speaker inspired or if they had something that happened or what have you. And then we come back to the larger group after half an hour of that. And then we have a closing thought. And it's been remarkable. My intent with doing these aloha circles with the YWCA O'ahu is to offset the all the junky stuff that has been in our media and has been affecting us through covid uh, a chance for people to share aloha because it's in the sharing that we live aloha uh, and that we create that stronger community. And so aloha circles uh, and it, yeah, you can email me if you cannot find it, but we're trying to be very open about it. And it's, you can go to the YWCA O'ahu webpage and we have those links there. Uh, and then right now, we're, I'm actually developing a web page where I'm sharing all of the upcoming speakers. So this Thursday, July 9th, is actually Dr. Kuka Hakalau. She is very much well known for her aloha, aloha with education. And then next week, Thursday, is Miki Tomita. Miki Tomita is the executive director of Education Incubator, and she had a big very big part in the behind the scenes of Malamahonua with Hokulea, that whole initiative. And so that's the kind of people I like to actually bring on is people that people don't know, you know, but they do big yeah. stuff in the community, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you met Native Stories. I mean, we like, there's so many voices and we want to highlight all of them because there's so much, yeah, like good community work, especially when, uh, we decided to do the COVID-19 series about community work in the Hawaiian Kingdom. We're like, okay, like, we know there's, like, tons of people doing amazing things right now, you know? Like, how do we get plugged in? So, mahalo for being on Native Stories. It's just been a blessing. Yeah, mahalo for having me. And actually, the Mahina, we're in, going into La'au Moons. And so, it's a beautiful time for healing right now. <laughs> yes. Yes, I will tune in. We just wrapped up a workshop series and it was on Thursdays the same time. So, but I will be, I'll try and tune in um, coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been really awesome for people have just been loving it. <laughs> okay. So, mahalo nui, Hilani, for coming on again. And mahalo nui for everyone tuning in again with us here at Native Stories. Um, if you all want to further connect with us, please do. We're looking for more stories so um, and podcast hosts. So if you guys are interested, you can hit us up in DM or go on our webpage, download our mobile app and our where we tell place-based stories and walking tours. You can um, 
stream our podcast on all outlets. So for all of that, just search Native Stories. Um, for our Facebook, you can search Native Stories. On our Instagram, it's a little bit different. It's our Native Stories. And yes, share with us to everybody because we pride ourselves here at Native Stories as your resource for Ike, Hawaii, and just indigenous knowledges and sharing truths. Um, so mahalo for coming on here and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.